Section fifteen of Confessions, volumes three and four. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. Confessions, volumes three and four, by Jean-Jacques Rousseau. Anonymously translated. Section fifteen we began our expedition unsuccessfully by the canton of fribourg episcopal dignity would not suffer him to play the beggar or solicit help from private individuals but we presented his commission to the senate who gave him a trifling sum from thence we went to berne where we lodged at the falcon then a good inn and frequented by respectable company the public table being well supplied and numerously attended i had fared indifferently so long that i was glad to make myself amends therefore took care to profit by the present occasion my lord the archimandrite was himself an excellent companion loved good cheer was gay spoke well for those who understood him and knew perfectly well how to make the most of his grecian erudition one day at dessert while cracking nuts he cut his finger pretty deeply and as it bled freely showed it to the company saying with a laugh mirate signori questo è sangue pelasco at berne i was not useless to him nor was my performance so bad as i had feared i certainly spoke better and with more confidence than i could have done for myself matters were not conducted here with the same simplicity as at fribourg long and frequent conferences were necessary with the premiers of the state and the examination of his titles was not the work of a day at length everything being adjusted he was admitted to an audience by the senate i entered with him as interpreter and was ordered to speak i expected nothing less for it never entered my mind that after such long and frequent conferences with the members it was necessary to address the assembly collectively as if nothing had been said judge my embarrassment a man so bashful to speak not only in public but before the whole of the senate of berne to speak impromptu without a single moment for recollection it was enough to annihilate me i was not even intimidated i described distinctly and clearly the commission of the archimandrite extolled the piety of those princes who had contributed 
and to heighten that of their excellencies by emulation added that less could not be expected from their well-known munificence then endeavouring to prove that this good work was equally interesting to all christians without distinction of sect and concluded by promising the benediction of heaven to all those who took part in it i will not say that my discourse was the cause of our success but it was certainly well received and on our quitting the archimandrite was gratified by a very genteel present to which some very handsome compliments were added on the understanding of his secretary these i had the agreeable office of interpreting but could not take courage to render them literally this was the only time in my life that i spoke in public and before a sovereign and the only time perhaps that i spoke boldly and well what difference in the disposition of the same person three years ago having been to see my old friend m roguin at yverdon i received a deputation to thank me for some books i had presented to the library of that city the swiss are great speakers these gentlemen accordingly made me a long harangue which i thought myself obliged in honour to answer but so embarrassed myself in the attempt that my head became confused i stopped short and was laughed at though naturally timid i have sometimes acted with confidence in my youth but never in my advanced age the more i have seen of the world the less i have been able to adopt its manners on leaving berne we went to soleur the archimandrite designing to re-enter germany and returned through hungary or poland to his own country this would have been a prodigious tour but as the contents of his purse rather increased than diminished during his journey he was in no haste to return for me who was almost as much pleased on horseback as on foot i would have desired no better than to have travelled thus during my whole life but it was preordained that my journey should soon end the first thing we did after our arrival at soleur was to pay our respects to the french ambassador there unfortunately for my bishop this chanced to be the marquis de bonac who had been ambassador at the porte and was acquainted with every particular relative to the holy sepulchre the archimandrite had an audience that lasted about a quarter of an hour to which i was not admitted as the ambassador spoke french and italian at least as well as myself 
on my grecian's retiring i was prepared to follow him but was detained it was now my turn having called myself a parisian as such i was under the jurisdiction of his excellency he therefore asked me who i was exhorting me to tell the truth this i promised to do but entreated a private audience which was immediately granted the ambassador took me to his closet and shut the door there throwing myself at his feet i kept my word nor should i have said less had i promised nothing for a continual wish to unbosom myself puts my heart perpetually upon my lips after having disclosed myself without reserve to the musician lutold there was no occasion to attempt acting the mysterious with the marquis de bonac who was so well pleased with my little history and the ingenuousness with which i had related it that he led me to the ambassadress and presented me with an abridgment of my recital madame de bonac received me kindly saying i must not be suffered to follow that greek monk it was accordingly resolved that i should remain at their hotel till something better could be done for me i wished to bid adieu to my poor archimandrite for whom i had conceived an attachment but was not permitted they sent him word that i was to be detained there and in quarter of an hour after i saw my little bundle arrive monsieur de la martiniere secretary of the embassy had in a manner the care of me while following him to the chamber appropriated to my use he said this apartment was occupied under the comte de luc by a celebrated man of the same name as yourself it is in your power to succeed him in every respect and cause it to be said hereafter rousseau the first rousseau the second this similarity which i did not then expect would have been less flattering to my wishes could i have foreseen at what price i should one day purchase the distinction what monsieur de la martiniere had said excited my curiosity i read the works of the person whose chamber i occupied and on the strength of the compliment that had been paid me imagining i had a taste for poetry made my first essay in a cantata in praise of madame de bonac this inclination was not permanent though from time to time i have composed tolerable verses i think it is a good exercise to teach elegant turns of expression and to write well in prose 
but could never find attractions enough in french poetry to give entirely into it monsieur de la martiniere wished to see my style and asked me to write the detail i had before made the ambassador accordingly i wrote him a long letter which i have since been informed was preserved by monsieur de marianne who had long been attached to the marquis de bonac and has since succeeded monsieur de la martiniere as secretary to the embassy of monsieur de courteuil the experience i began to acquire tended to moderate my romantic projects for example i did not fall in love with madame de bonac but also felt i did not stand much chance of succeeding in the service of her husband monsieur de la martiniere was already in the only place that could have satisfied my ambition and monsieur de marianne in expectancy thus my utmost hopes could only aspire to the office of under-secretary which did not infinitely tempt me this was the reason that when consulted on the situation i should like to be placed in i expressed a great desire to go to paris the ambassador readily gave in to the idea which at least tended to disembarrass him of me monsieur de merveilleux interpreting secretary to the embassy said that his friend monsieur godard a swiss colonel in the service of france wanted a person to be with his nephew who had entered very young into the service and made no doubt that i should suit him on this idea so lightly formed my departure was determined and i who saw a long journey to perform with paris at the end of it was enraptured with the project they gave me several letters a hundred livres to defray the expenses of my journey accompanied with some good advice and thus equipped i departed i was a fortnight making the journey which i may reckon among the happiest days of my life i was young in perfect health with plenty of money and the most brilliant hopes add to this i was on foot and alone it may appear strange i should mention the latter circumstance as advantageous if my peculiarity of temper is not already familiar to the reader i was continually occupied with a variety of pleasing chimeras and never did the warmth of my imagination produce more magnificent ones when offered an empty place in a carriage or any person accosted me on the road how vexed was i to see that fortune overthrown whose edifice while walking i had taken such pains to rear 
for once my ideas were all martial i was going to live with a military man nay to become one for it was concluded i should begin with being a cadet i already fancied myself in regimentals with a fine white feather nodding on my hat and my heart was inflamed by the noble idea i had some smattering of geometry and fortification my uncle was an engineer i was in a manner a soldier by inheritance my short sight indeed presented some little obstacle but did not by any means discourage me as i reckoned to supply that defect by coolness and intrepidity i had read too that marshal schomberg was remarkably short-sighted and why might not marshal rousseau be the same my imagination was so warm by these follies that it presented nothing but troops ramparts gabions batteries and myself in the midst of fire and smoke an eyeglass in hand commanding with the utmost tranquillity notwithstanding when the country presented a delightful prospect when i saw charming groves and rivulets the pleasing sight made me sigh with regret and feel in the midst of all this glory that my heart was not formed for such havoc and soon without knowing how i found my thoughts wandering among my dear sheepfolds renouncing for ever the labour of mars End of section 15 Recording by Martin Giessen In Hazelmere, Surrey